salutations, friends, and welcome to another episode of Nerddom, 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 and Knowledge. First pick for podcast. Last picked in dodgeball. I'm James. Hi, I'm Jerry, and here today we're going to be talking about Magic the Gathering. A.K.A. Crack for Gamers. A.K.A. what I spent the majority of my money on as a young teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so many names we yeah. could use when, right when here, I tell you, you that it. I literally, I took my first paycheck I received from my first ever job. I went to uh, OnCue, which was a music slash other store here in town mm-hmm. bought a uh, cd the refreshments their album and then spent the rest of it on magic cards that's literally what my first paycheck went to so yeah and by the way uh big shout out to someone who will probably never hear this podcast ever dan caudle who was one of the managers at the on cue who actually talked them into hey why don't you guys get some magic cards in here yeah fantastic work over there yeah. uh also uh ian who worked there for a very long time, and Tim White, who yes. was the lead singer of my band, who worked there for a while, too. He gave me the uh, inside scoop when new cards came into the store. Ah, very nice. Which means he was sort of kind of my drug dealer for a little bit there. <laughs> if it's crack for gamers, then yeah, he kind of yeah, was your... Yeah. He kind of was your... Uh, Tim White was my crack dealer. There you go. I said did, it out loud. Did he give you the first one free? No, he did not. Okay. He made me pay for it. Okay. He wasn't a very good crack dealer, but he was consistent. <laughs> That's all that matters. Consistency is key, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> so before we go down that rabbit hole, uh, we've got to talk about a few sponsors. And first up is our friends over at Southern Defense Martial Arts. Uh, you can find them on the web at southernsportkarate.com and at Southern Defense Martial Arts now.com uh, they teach showing raku showing ryu karate uh, for beginners and intermediates if you're looking to get into shape for the new year uh, which we're halfway through by now or you just want to master the martial arts give them a try uh, they do offer instructional dvds and soon we'll be offering online classes absolutely uh big thank you to will clark who you're going to hear another ad for in a little bit yeah so, can't say enough nice things about uh, Will Clark. Which, Thank you uh, very much. By the way, some of you may remember three or four episodes ago when we switched over to the new equipment, all of our commercials sounded like we were chipmunks. We fixed that problem. But we decided to leave it in for that one episode because we thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, next, we need to thank Kalis Boutique on Facebook. Yeah, we do. Uh, Kalis Boutique on Facebook. You can find clothing and accessories for babies and toddlers. Yes, it's nepotism. It's my niece. It's her business. That's not nepotism. That's good advertising. But, yeah, uh, they she carries all sorts of clothing and accessories for babies and toddlers. Uh, not going to go down that rabbit hole again. There was no population explosion, but there was a population trickle. We carried a zero wrong. It happens. Yeah. But there are still babies being born, so by all means, yeah. check out Kalis Boutique, where the selection is unique. That rhymes. Indeed it does. And we can't forget our friends over at Joy-Con Gamers, which you can find on Twitter at Joy-Con Gamers, Facebook at Joy-Con Gamers, or you can check them out on their website, joycongamers.com. And when you go there, you're going to find news for gamers by gamers. And who do you want to get your news from? Uh, young ladies who enjoy poop? You no. list, listen to the B-reels. You'll understand that This later. will make a lot more sense later on down the road. <laughs> Way later down the road. But, who, who, you know, your, your poop fetishes might be into video games. You don't know. Uh so the best advice I can give you is if you're getting advice for a game from somebody, smell their breath. See which way it takes you. Yeah. That's advice from Nerd and Knowledge. Indeed. You're welcome. Yeah. That's going to be weird till you hear the thing later. <laughs> when you hear it later, you'll be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Just I know. You're not, gonna get us, you're not going to get it now. You're not no, going to get no, it now. You won't get but it when now. you hear the B reels, you're going to be like, wait a minute. That was funny. Hold you guys the are funny. Phone. Yeah. But until that point, you're just going to think we're weird. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Because we are. 
Yeah. But we have one more friend we have to thank, James. Uh, yes, we do. We have... He is on YouTube.com slash Final Harps. Yep. He is on Twitch.tv slash Final Harps. Uh-huh. You can find him on YouTube at Final Harps. You can. And he has an amazing talk show that he does on Twitch and posts on YouTube. And it is called The Final Till the end of time, I will never get tired of that. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Of course, eventually it'll sound like, The final hour. Is the music playing yet? I can't hear it. <laughs> Should we sing anyway? <laughs> I'm being myself. <laughs> Where's that girl at who likes that? No, I'm kidding. Uh, All right. Oh, God. Sorry. 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 Oh, but <laughs> anyways. My apologies. Uh, folks, Final Harps. Uh, you can go to his YouTube channel, and he has all sorts of videos about increasing your social media game on TikTok and other social media platforms. Or how to start your social media game for that point. Absolutely. Uh, how to start on Twitch. How to... Go ahead and become an affiliate on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, wonderful, wonderful instructional videos. And, of course, the final hour interview show is absolutely phenomenal. It really some is. amazing creators he gets to talk to and uh-huh. gets into the mind of and talks to a little bit about their experiences, their with uh, every whatever they do, really. I mean, just a uh, fantastic guy. You definitely don't want to miss out. Go check him out. Absolutely. And speaking of social media, where would we be if we didn't pay homage to our good friend, the social media czar. Yes, God, I love that. So angry, <laughs> Hulk smash, <coughs> or Vince McMahon. Yeah, you're fired. I don't do as well as you, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, but Matthew Bourne, killing it, sir. Killing yes, it, he killing is. It. He's taking care of our social media for us. We know you're enjoying it. You're telling us so. He's having a good time doing it. And, of course, now you can go follow him at his own uh, Instagram, which is the Czar Empire. You can find him there. Yep. Uh, I, b- I believe he does go by social media czar on there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he does. Yeah, so there you go. You can find him. He's not hard to find. Yeah. So, uh, Matthew Bourne, big thank you to you, sir, for everything you do. We do appreciate it. Now, uh, speaking of the social media that he takes care of us for, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Nerdum and Knowledge Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Nerdum K. You can go check us out on Instagram at Nerdum and Knowledge, where we have posts and memes and things. Oh, my. You can also check out our Teespring store, teespring.com slash store slash Nerdum and Knowledge, where you can get all your favorite Nerdum and Knowledge merch, including the first pick for podcast, last pick in dodgeball t-shirt, the world spelling bee champion t-shirt, if you want to represent it something that you can never be uh you know there will be queef jokes uh i want to spread butter on you watch everything we've ever said on the show that's really funny well not everything but the majority of everything is on a chart there you can have it for your very own and by the way do you want to be the cheese you can be the cheese you can be the cheese because we have that shirt i am the cheese be the cheese be the cheese be the cheese you want to see in the world be the camembert. Be the brie. You can do it. Oh, be the brie. That's a good one. We should do something with that. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. We could do like a Chevy Chase thing. Be the brie. Be the brie. Be the brie. Be the brie. Be the ball. Be the ball. I love that show. The movie. It's fantastic. Now I want to go watch Caddyshack 2. I wonder if I can find it somewhere. Oh, I'm sure you can. You can probably get it on uh, YouTube. I want, I'm going to go find that out later. Yep. Tonight I'm watching Caddyshack 2. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. <laughs> 
But uh, you can always reach us at our email addresses, one of which is nak at nerdomandknowledge.com. That's nak at n-e-r-d-o-m-a-n-d-k-n-o-w-l-e-d-g-d. Oh, no. That's it. Oh, no. The streak has ended, folks. No. I said D twice. No. No, what happened? You were the chosen one. (laughs) You were supposed to bring balance to the force. Folks, this is a landmark episode. Oh this is God. the first time Folks, I have 54 weeks of episodes. <laughs> it finally happened. Were you there? Were you listening? Where were you when the world stopped turning? <laughs> oh God. Were you there the day the music died? <clears throat> Well, it had to happen eventually, folks. I mean, I didn't think so. I had all the hope in the world in you. <laughs> now, let me try this again. Do it again. That's N-A-K at N-E-R-D-O-M-A-N-D-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E dot C-O-M. And the best part about it is I'm going to cut it out editing. You'll never know that happened. <laughs> the streak will be alive. <laughs> <laughs> or you can reach us at our old email address, which is nerdofandknowledge at gmail.com. That's N-E-R-D-O-M-A-N-D-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E. At G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. You did it. See? I told you he'd never mess it up, right? Because that one before it never happened because you never heard it. <laughs> That's the power of editing, folks. I make the world what I want it to be. Oh, God. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. It is what it is. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be a torrent of emails about this now. But I have started a new streak. So there is a new streak going yes. of two. Yeah, of we're two. back on two. So... I don't know what the number... It was in the hundreds. It was well above 100, I know that. Yeah. I mean, it's like The Undertaker. Eventually, the streak had to come to an end. At least it wasn't to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I mean, at least that. It was to my own stutter and stammer. Yeah, I don't think it was a stutter and a stammer. I, I think it was just um, just nerves. I think nerves got to you. Mm. Performance issues happens to men our age. Ha. Ah, ha. Yeah, I went there. Okay. Ha, ha, ha. No, but now it is time for our first commercial break. Oh, wait. Wait, what? You forgot something on our social media. Oh, you're right. I did. Crap. Twitch.tv slash NerddomK, ladies and gentlemen. That is us. Now, we've only done one live Twitch, live Twitch stream. That's on us. Yeah. We're working Uh, on it. We will be doing more. We will be doing more. Uh, We're working on getting that video uploaded to YouTube. I've got to find a way to download the video. Um, It's proving more difficult than I thought it would be. Uh, But speaking of videos... We're going to record something after this episode today. We are. We're going to give you a deep dive into something, maybe, that you might be able to see. Who knows? But, folks, uh, yeah, now that you know about Twitch and be looking for us, more is coming. Yep. Now we're going to take our first commercial break, and we'll see you on the other side. Yep. Hey, folks, it's James. And Jerry. From the Nerdom and Knowledge Podcast, and we're here to talk to you about IT Services and Networking, LLC. If you need a fresh install or just some upgrades to your existing network, owner-operator Will Clark has got you covered. That's right. You can find them on the web at www.itservicesandnetworking.com or you can reach them by phone at area code 910-461-7145. You won't find a better company to handle your IT needs. No, you won't. And we're back. And I hit the microphone on the way out. Hey, but it's okay. (laughs) We could edit that out in post, too. (coughs) But now it's time for everybody's second favorite part of the show. The Nerd Nest. Folks, 
We're here to talk about magic today. And so there was no way we could do this episode, obviously, without putting magic cards into the nerd nest. You knew, obviously. It, you knew it was coming, folks. Come on. Who's who's honestly surprised? Nobody. Who's surprised? So here's the deal. All right. Um, I don't know if a lot of you folks play magic. I know we got some magic fans out there. Listen to it. I know we do. So today we are putting into the nerd nest a collector's booster from Modern Horizons 2. The new release that just came out. Yep. So there you go, folks. Now, I want you to understand something, okay? Because I know there are a lot of folks out there that played Magic back when I started playing Magic, when Magic was a lot more affordable. This is a $45 pack of cards, folks. Okay? Yep. I want you to get that through your head. Single pack of cards, $45. Mm-hmm. There's guaranteed to be some good shit in there. Yep. Alternate art cards, foil cards, mythic rares, you name it, it's in there. So if you are a Magic fan, boom, there you go. You could take any one of those cards in there and probably trade it for a whole other pack of cards if you wanted to. The world's your oyster. Don't anybody hide your light in a bushel basket. That's all we're saying. But Absolutely. going into the nerd nest. But where there is a nerd nest item, there must always, and I repeat, always be a keyword. You're damn right there will be. Even when we forget the keyword, we make it up the following week. You're damn right we do. Which only and, happened once. And we did it, though. We did make it up. And we didn't realize we forgot the keyword. Thanks to a fan for pointing this out, by the way. Born Angel author, we appreciate that. Yeah. But the keyword for this week is mana. 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 Not M A N N A, like mana from heaven. Mana. Like M A N A. Yes, mana from Magic the Gathering. Yes. What thou must use to cast thine spells, Planeswalker. <laughs> so, yeah, that's M A N A, mana. There you go. And I'm going to do this for Jerry. Let him take a moment. Folks, all you got to do is come up with an email. Send it to one of the two email addresses we gave you earlier mm-hmm. in the subject line. Use the episode number. Use the episode name. You can say that time you guys talked about Magic the Gathering, that time you talked about Crack for Gamers. Whatever you want to do, we'll get the idea. We get the gist. Uh, and then in the body of the email, all you're going to do is type in one word, mana. Now... Also, if you are just starting to listen to us, if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes, if you want to send us an email with multiple keywords, you can still do that. There's still time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we do have an episode that I believe just topped 140. Yep, it did. It's getting close. So ten more, less than 10 more downloads to that episode, and we are going to be doing a giveaway. It's happening. And we'll be doing that in a video, by the way, so there'll be no treachery involved. Yeah, uh, we may go live on TikTok. We may go live on Twitch. We don't know yet. Somewhere we're going live. We're going to do the giveaway. Yep. And so we're gonna, it'll be happening. And we're going to do it live. From our secret basement lair. <laughs> but, yeah, so folks, just get that email in with the keyword, and you might want to speed it up a little bit. Yeah, do it quickly. Shit's going down. Warrior Kitten. Warrior it's getting kitten. real. Warrior Kitten, I just got back in touch with you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, speed it up. Let's do this. Leroy Leroy Jenkins. Jenkins. But now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Fun facts, fun facts, super duper fun facts, because these facts are fun. Yay! See, I harmonize with my own audio again. This is fun. I enjoy that. It's easy when it's your own voice, though. Like, you can't go wrong there. Uh, But, yep, here we go with some fun facts, folks. Uh, So, Jerry, go ahead and kick us off. Yes, so the legendary characters from the Legends expansion set were based on characters from a D&D campaign that the CEO was running at the time. That's fucking cool. Integrate. It's like the crossing of two worlds before they actually cross later on in the future. It's like nerdception. But if you think about it, 
those characters will live on. Yeah. I mean, think about how many of us would like to have a and d character immortalized. Yeah. You know, how cool would that be? Uh, but I know a lot of you, if you're more recent Magic players, you might not remember the Legends expansion that came out quite a while ago. Uh, was the origin of a lot of people like uh, Deck and Blackblade. Um, what's the dude's name? I can't remember his name right now. The uh, Dragon. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I forget what his name is. Uh, there As- were several others. Barktooth Warbeard. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, asthma, asthma, something, something. It was a super long name. I can't remember it now. Save yeah. my life. But yeah, those characters would come from that. They've been reprinted a few times. I think a lot of them have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. Absolutely. That is that is cool though that they actually come from a it's pretty neat, campaign. right? Okay. Next, wizards toyed with the idea of putting bubble gum in booster packs, a la baseball cards. Um, I don't. I know mean, that'd have been fine. I mean, I maybe, but at the same time, like, why? I don't know why you would do that. I, I, I can't think of a reason. I, I don't. I wouldn't have been against it, but I wouldn't have been for it. I'd have been like, eh. No, I mean, I wouldn't have been like, what the fuck is this? But at the same time, I'm like, why? Yeah. Why would it, you do it this? Just, it had just been an eyebrow razor. That's it. Yeah. The trailblazing and, and, and eyebrow not, razor. People's champ. The rock. Please, WWE, don't sue me. I'm kidding. <laughs> But no, not even eyebrow raising like, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. It would have been eyebrow the Spock raising eyebrow, like, the, huh, fascinating. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. much. All right, so Magic has only ever had one, one in-product ad for a non-Magic product in its history. And that was an ad for The Sorcerer's Apprentice, starring Nicolas Cage. Now, if some of you have seen that film, you would know that Magic the Gathering cards are featured in that film. Yes, they are. So there you go. That's what they did. If you if you open a pack of cards, that last card usually like a token or an advertisement of some sort. Well, in these packs that were tied into the movie, when you that last card was an advertisement for the Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's what it was. That's it. Um, now, of course, there, you know, we're going to get those people that are going to, um, um, well, um, actually, um, they did advertise for Scry Magazine. Well, what the fuck do you think Scry Magazine is? Yeah, Scry Magazine only had one purpose. And that was it. Well, until the other games came out. The copycat ripoff bastards. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Pokemon. Right in the eyes, bro. But yeah, Bring that weak shit here, son. But yeah, don't be that guy. We know about the Scry Magazine ads, but Scry Magazine was initially designed for one thing, to talk about magic cards yeah. and price magic cards. Yeah, it was a great so, magazine, by the way. Rest in peace, my to, friend. To those of you out there that are going to be that guy, uh, STFU. Yeah. R.I.P., bro. L M A O R O F L. Yeah, we got we got anagram not anagrams acronyms for days, bro. Uh, I, I love this next fun fact. It's okay. so it's so fantastic. James, take it away. Uh, in the expansion invasion, a card called Yogmoth's Agenda was incorrectly translated into its Japanese form as Yogmoth's Day Planner. Yogmoth's Day Planner. <coughs> Luckily, they caught it before printing. Can you imagine the demon Yakma <laughs> breaking open his little kitty cat day planner? <laughs> Hold on. It had been, what soul shall I eat today? It had been like uh, that. Flip. That, it, hold on. Flip. Jerry, it had, been, it had been that skit from Eddie Izzard, Dressed to Kill. Yeah. Like, Your day planner must be very busy. Wake up, wake up, death, 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 
lunch, lunch, death, 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 <laughs> tea and biscuits, lunch, 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 quick shower. My day's booked. Yeah, I'm full. Full up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, Yogmoss day planner. Quick, de- quick deal for a soul before I get to bed. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh god, so good. That might be my favorite fun fact of all time. I don't know. I think that's. I think we have a winner. I think we have a winner. That's a good one. So at one point, Wizard planned to change the back of the cards to a purple color, but they quickly realized that it would ruin constructed play. So I want you to think about that. You've got a deck full of cards with the traditional brown back that we all know and love. Then your next expansion comes out. Now you've got purple back cards. Then your next expansion comes out. They decided they changed it to red back cards, whatever the case may be. Now you've got a deck with multiple colored card backs. So technically, it would be possible to stack a deck with a card that you knew what card it was in order to you know rig the game. So obviously, Wizard was like, no, we can't do this at yeah. all. Uh, which is why all Magic cards have the exact same background, which is the Magic the Gathering logo and then the symbol at the bottom. Yes, and the traditional brown book cover kind of look yeah. that's got going on right now. Mm-hmm. Finally, this might be a close runner-up for second place. <laughs> it's so great. The card Tellum Tor is an anagram. Those of you that don't know what an anagram is, that's when you take a word and you scramble it and make another word. Yes. Or two words, whatever. But Tillam Tor is an anagram of Mr. Toilet, which is the nickname of former magic designer Scott Siegel. Now, I want you to break this down from front to back for me real quick, okay? Because listen to this, all right? Not only did they create a magic card that's an anagram of Mr. Toilet, okay? Why is this guy's nickname Mr. Toilet? What is he doing that the most recognizable and memorable thing about him is his toilet behavior. Because <laughs> well, everybody that has a nickname has got something to do with something memorable about him, right? Maybe he was shitty at designing magic cards, which is why they fired him. That's, that's a, why they call him Mr. Toilet. That's a possibility. Because he's a shitty card designer? Maybe. That could work. Or maybe he, like, spends all day in the bathroom. Maybe he just had irritable bowel syndrome. Who knows? That's a possibility. But then to be immortalized as a magic card... But, but your nickname is Mr. Toilet. Like, how do you tell that story to everybody? Oh, that card's based on me. Where'd Tell Them Tor come from? Oh, it's an anagram of my nickname. What's your nickname? Uh, this is a long story. Let me go ahead and start it right now. <laughs> that poor fella. Oh, man. But hey, weren't those facts fun? They were fun and facts. And facts. That's the best part about them. Absolutely. But right now... It's time for our second commercial break, so we're going to lean away from the microphones one more time, and then we'll be right back with the main event. Hey guys, it's Jerry with my good buddy James here to talk to you about our friends at CBD Essentials. Indeed, Jerry. Our friends at CBD Essentials have graciously agreed to offer our listeners a special discount. Use the promo code NAK15 at checkout to receive 15% off of your total purchase price. And CBD Essentials offers a wide variety of products like gummies, creams, tinctures, oils, even pet treats for your furry friends with joint pain or anxiety issues. Best of all, they offer free shipping on orders over $100 and will ship directly to your door. So give them a try. You won't be disappointed. Find them on the web at CBDEssentialsUSA.com. And don't forget to use promo code NAK15 at checkout for that 15% savings. And we're back. And James had hit the mic this time. Yay! And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the main event. 
Ding, 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 ding. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Nerdman Knowledge proudly presents to you, when it comes to clever titles, we're all tapped out. Ha! Ah, you see what we did there? Because you tapped for me. Yeah, we know. It's, it's, we enjoy this. It's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we are talking to you one day after the release of the brand new Magic the Gathering set, Modern Horizons 2. And so that's why we decided to do this episode. Now we're going to give you a brief overview of that set. And then what you really came here for uh, is for us to talk about our favorite magic cards. Let's be honest here. So yeah. that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about our favorite ones and then they're not so favorite ones. Yep. And so we will dive right into Modern Horizons to the overview. View. View. I miss the echo. I do too. We might bring it back. We'll try. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Uh, so this set brings 261 new cards to the modern format and 42 new to modern reprints for a total of 303 cards, including Counterspell. Oh, it's back. Oh, it's back. It's so good. <laughs> now, so for, for, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, back in the day when Magic started, there were two types of Magic. There was Type 1, which is every card, and then there was Type 2, which were all the newer cards. That has changed now. There are a million formats to Magic now. Modern uh, is the next oldest next to uh, Vintage, which is a a little bit less old than Legacy. Uh, And so it includes sets from uh, 8th edition forward. And so some of the cards that were prior to that were not allowed into the set. You couldn't play Counterspell because it wasn't in the modern set. But now that it's been reprinted in Modern Horizons, it is. That is fun times, folks. Yeah, fun, fun, fun times. Counterspells back, bitches. <laughs> Too blue. Nope. No. Listen, no. And it's it's part of the no deck. Everybody knows that guy that played the no deck. Yeah. Just uh, basically a deck with like uh, Mahamadi Dejins and Sarah yep. Angels and everything else was a counterspell. Counterspell. Arcane Denial. Force of Will. Boomerang. Force whatever. Spike. Oh, God. Force Spike's on my list, but you will get to that in a minute. Yeah. We'll talk about the shit cards later. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it as again, it also brings back 58 old game mechanics. Uh, convoke, entwine, amass, etc. And introduces a new one, affinity for tokens. Tapping tokens to reduce the cost of casting a card. Yeah. Nice feature. Yeah, there's a card in this set. It's uh, two blue and five. I don't remember what the card's name is, but it's a five six. For every token you tap, you reduce the colorless cost by one. So if you got five tokens on the board, you two just blue. cast a two blue five six. Yep, it's that easy. <coughs> Could you imagine the turn that happens? Like this game over, unless your opponent's got like, a hard counter. That's it. It's done. Yeah, you're done. Hang it up. Go home. Pretty much. So this set in uh, oh god damn it here we go I can do this okay so this set introduces multiple spells with no casting costs I'm gonna do this guys here we go uh, including Asmarana Martica Dyson the Caldicar I did it oh my god that was fantastic applause applause yes. applause oh sorry applause. yeah let me find the button there it is there we go oh god oh thank you so much thank you much thank you. So we're going to refer to her as Asthma for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, but she has no casting cost because her name was so long, it took up the entire top part of the card. Now, anybody who's ever played Magic, you know, you got the name on the left, K, 
casting costs on the right. You know that. That's how they yes. are. Not on this one. No. no. There is no casting costs. And they took up the whole slot. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and and the name was uh, was a joke. It was a throwaway uh, tagline from some flavor text on a card many many years ago, and just they said, you know what, fuck it, let's do it, let's go with it, and so they made it, and it's here now. Yeah. Uh, but there are all kinds of cards now you can cast from this set uh, just by showing a card from your hand or exiling a card from your hand, playing them with no casting costs, they have spend on them, uh, which is something new to the game. Yeah. I mean, it's happened before, but in this kind of magnitude and for them to be played into Horizon now, it's pretty neat. Uh, now, there now there have been cards that have had the um, additional casting cost of discarding a card or removing a card from your graveyard from the game. Oh, yeah. That, those have happened. But uh-huh. this, we're talking about zero to cast by throwing away a creature, revealing a creature, something like that. Uh-huh. That's a fairly new concept. It's happened sporadically. Yeah. But now it's in like in mass effect. Yeah, so. they made one for each color in this game. And they're pretty powerful cards, too. Yep. Oh. Uh, also, this set introduces the first enchantment land. Yes, folks, you heard that correct. An yeah. enchantment land. Enchantment land. Urza's Saga. Now, some of you may remember that there was a card set from many years ago referred to as Urza Saga. You're correct. There is. As a matter of fact, that introduced us to the Urza lands. Yes, it which did. Which were nasty if you could get all three of them. It was a set of three, mm-hmm. but when you got all three, each one produced three colorless mana. Uh-huh. And so, when you were doing that playing artifacts, that's game over. Yeah, that's... that's uh, I summon... Um, I summon Iron Goliath. Yeah. Uh, what was the... No, uh, no, no. Not Iron Goliath. What was it? Was it just Goliath or was it Iron Giant or what? There was the uh, Iron... There was an Iron Behemoth. Iron Behemoth. That's the one. Yeah. There was all kinds of nasty eight or nine cost artifacts. The Juggernaut was a good one. Um, uh, that was five... The four colorless and it was a five three. Yeah. And um, it could attack the first turn you cast it. Mm-hmm. It was just... Whoop, just run them over. Yep. Nothing can stop the juggernaut. Well, except for a shatter, but that's yeah. another. Or primitive justice. Or any yeah. of the other cards you could use to destroy artifacts. But, yep. you know, we digress. We digress. Uh, and so it's also full of callbacks to earlier sets and other cards, like we talked about with the Asmer card, calling back to the flavor text on another old card. Uh, there are a lot of cards that refer to. Uh, in this one, they've come up with Ornithopter of Paradise which is a cross of the Ornithopter and the Birds of Paradise, Paradise. both into the same card, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, It's weird having a not-zero cast Ornithopter now, but it's still pretty neat to put in there. Mm -hmm. A lot of squirrel synergy in this set, which is really weird. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff to do with squirrels in this set. I don't. I don't. <laughs> what is it about squirrels recently? I don't like, know. That's become a thing you say when you, if people get easily distracted. Squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. I get that. I get. Yeah, it's from Up, the movie Up. Yeah. yeah. But squirrels are just everywhere now. Yeah, there's a legendary creature now called Chatterfang Squirrel General. Uh, there's a card called Chatterstorm that makes squirrel tokens. Um, but now there is a great combo out there. They got a new card in the set called Yavamaya, the Cradle of Growth. Um, which, if you remember, the Yavamaya ants, or as we refer to them, the Yami Nami ants, because that's how everybody called them back in the day. Yeah. Um, but Yavamaya makes all lands a forest in addition to their regular land type. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is Chatterfang has forest walk, and all your squirrels have forest walk. So if you get him out on the board and drop Yavamaya, it's, it's unblockable damage. So, I mean, there are good combos here. Uh, I've played Magic for a very long time, uh, as has James. 
uh, we both took a very large break in the middle of our lives to, uh, or if you want to say we got out would be the better way to put it. <laughs> we, we cleaned up. We sobered up. Yeah, we got, we got clean uh, for the first time in years. And, uh, you know, we got out. We went and did our own things. And then, lo and behold, some of our friends were like, you know, can you guys teach us how to play magic? We were like, sure. We, then we scratched the itch. Then we opened the vein, and, well, here we are again. Um, but, uh, you know, it, like I've seen a lot of sets come and go. This set right here is pretty good as far as standards go. So there's some good stuff in there. Please help us. Yes, we need help now. We're blinking rapidly to indicate that we are in danger. I know you can't see it, but please hear our eyelids slapping together. <laughs> That's not our eyelids. It's just me making my mouth make the noise so you can hear it. But... <laughs> Because I know some of you are sitting at home like, holy fuck, was that them blinking? No, I was making that noise with my mouth. You guys have really moist eyes. Oh, I said moist. Oh, uh, uh, why? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my apologies. <sighs> yeah, but no, it's a great set. If you're still into playing Magic and you're on the fence about whether or not to buy some, I'd recommend it. Um, now, granted, these cards are not eligible for standard, uh, which means you can only use them in Modern or Commander. Uh, depending on which format you like to play. Um, so, you know, choose what you want to do. Choose wisely. But I'm recommending it. Go buy some cards. You'll enjoy it. Uh, and a little quick sidebar about different types of magic throughout the years. Uh, there was once a type of magic that was called Iron Man magic. Yes, there was. <coughs> for those of you that don't understand that concept, some of you do and have just cringed. For those of you that don't know what that is, you maybe are a newer player or maybe you haven't ever played Magic. Yeah, if your butthole just puckered at that word, you're an old school Magic player. Yeah. Welcome back, buddy. Okay, so here's how it worked. You would play the game. You would play a game of Magic. Now, whether a creature died or it was you know um, removed from the game or whether an artifact destroyed an artifact or an enchantment destroyed something or it, if a card got rid of another card. No matter what it was, you ripped it up. Yeah, the card it was gone. that the card that went away, you ripped it up. Now that's fine for mana. Mana's like a dime a dozen. Yeah, but when you have black lotuses, moxes, moxes, ancestor recalls, time walks. Yeah, it hurts your heart. It hurts your wallet too. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> now there was a card called Chaos Orb. Oh yeah. Good now card. here's the thing about Chaos Orb. Chaos Orb is a spell. You would cast it. The, this is the wording on that card. You hold the card one foot above the table, and you flip it. Yep. Any card it touches... Is destroyed. Is destroyed. In Iron Man Magic, that card caused fights. Yes, it did. Because people would get a... People would start bringing a ruler to games to make sure you were 12 inches above the table. Mm-hmm. No more, no less. And there was uh, that old tired tale of one gentleman who took his chaos orb, ripped it up into confetti, and held it above the table, and then dropped it over his opponent's playing field. And, and destroyed everything. It literally landed on everything the guy had. So could you imagine having a deck full of, I don't know, thousands of dollars of cards back in the day? Now, at the time, they wouldn't have been worth that much. Uh, but, you know, it gets ripped to pieces, and you don't really care. But then 20 years later, you're watching the price of those cards climb and climb and climb and now you understand why people murder people like you get it right (laughs) now you understand yeah you get it you didn't Uh, understand murder before you understand murder now like oh that makes complete sense i get that now now the uh second 
uh, version of Magic that they came out with was called Restricted. Now, when they came out with Restricted, there were certain cards that were just, you could only have one of each of them. Yes, and that list exists to this day. Yes. Um, They have renamed it the Reserved List. Those are cards you're only allowed to have one of in your deck. Uh, Now, that list included Black Lotus, all Uh of the Mock Stones, uh, Time Walk. Yes, Time Warp. Uh, Ancestral Recall. Ancestral Recall. Uh, Demonic Tutor. Demonic Tutor. Uh, Soul Ring was one. Soul Ring was one, yep. Um, I think, I mean, there's a dozen cards in there. Balance, um, Channel. I think, but a lot I of those th- are banned as well, too. Ultimately, they added Stasis, but it took them a while to add Stasis. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, I can't get angry now. I can't get angry now. I can't get angry. We got to finish the episode. We got to finish the episode first. The good stuff first. We don't get angry at the good stuff, Jerry. Okay. So now, uh, okay, what Jerry gonna... and I are going to do is we're going to talk about our three favorite cards from previous sets and editions. Yes. No. There's no specific edition. No specific printing or whatever. Just our three favorite cards that we have loved playing with over the years, and then we're going to talk about the three shittiest cards that have ever existed. In Magic the Gathering. In our opinion. And uh, I'm deaf. It's fact in my case. But. And uh, <laughs> we're also going to mention a couple of, we're going to give a couple of mentions of cards from the current edition, uh, Horizons 2. Yes, Modern Horizons 2. Going to enjoy that. Yeah. So first, we're going to start with our top three, and I'm going to let Jerry go, because Jerry needs a happy thought. Yeah. So uh, my, this is no particular order, uh, but one of my top three favorite cards in Magic the Gathering, hands down, is a Sol Ring. Uh, that's on my list, too, it's so we're going to filibuster card. about this. So here you go. It's a one-mana artifact, okay? As soon as it hits the table, you've got two mana. Now, if you're playing an artifact deck, this is a godsend, because I mean, this is one mana now you got two mana. Now you can bring out a three-three creat- artifact creature, a yeah. two-three artifact creature, and not to mention and- artifacts don't have summoning sickness. So yes. once it hits the table, you can tap it for two colorless. You can immediately tap and put something on the board. So imagine that first turn. Okay, you drop a green or a red or whatever. Tap it. You got two mana. You tap it. You drop a two-two artifact. Next turn, you now have access to three mana. Yeah. And this is before your opponent has access to two. Right. The mana curve is just ramping up. Yeah. If you get a like a soul ring in your opening hand, that's pretty much game. Unless yeah. you just draw absolute garbage, it's it's over with. There's yeah. nothing they can do. Uh, it's a it's a big boost, a big shot in the arm, jump start, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty much a staple in any deck. Yeah, any if you, deck. If you had enough copies to put one in each of your deck, like you were doing okay. If you were like me and you had two or three, and you just swap them out from one deck to the other one as you went to play, just to make sure you had one in your deck. <coughs> And it's such a good card that now, if you go to a magic shop and you buy a pre-constructed commander deck, there's a soul ring in it. It's guaranteed. Yep. It's like a staple of commander now. That's how good the card is. Yeah. And it, and and again, it. Uh, I got. I know I'm beating a dead horse here with this, but I can't. I can't. Me and Jerry cannot express the usefulness of the of this card enough. Any deck, literally any deck, yeah. this card is a staple. Yeah, I mean, the only deck you wouldn't use this kind of card in is in a weenie deck. And even in a weenie deck, uh, especially if you're playing like uh, red or green, uh, something where you can still pay an X spell like Fireball. Or Disintegrate, uh, something like that. Disintegrate, Tranquility. I'm not Tranquility, I'm sorry. uh, Stream of Life. Yeah. To gain anything where you wouldn't need excess mana, there's no reason not to use it. And they completely did away with mana burn now. Yeah, really? So, yes. So even if you tap it for two and you only use one, you don't take a damage from the other one, which I think is horseshit, but that's just me. Um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. They changed the rule, though. 
Okay. Uh, well, since Jerry and I filibustered about that, uh, that's each of our first choices. So, yeah. Jerry, number two. <laughs> uh, so, my second choice is um, probably... I know I said these in no particular order, but uh, this is guaranteed, hands down, my second favorite card that I've ever played with. Uh, it's a classic. Uh, there's not a deck you can't use it in as long as you're playing black, and that's Demonic Tutor. Mm-hmm. Okay? You you search for whatever card you need. That's it. You tap a black and one. You play this card. As long as it doesn't get countered, you go through your deck. You find whatever card you need to win the game. You put that card in your hand. There you go. That's it. And you get to shuffle your deck, which if you're drawing shit cards, it's a fantastic thing to do. Yeah. I mean, there's no downside to the card. Um, and now there's, um, let's see, there's Profane Tutor, which was just introduced in Modern Horizon 2. Uh, there's Diabolic Tutor. Uh, there's uh, Vampiric Tutor uh, that you can play in Commander. You could have four tutor cards yeah. in your deck now to let you search for whatever card you need. Now, there, there of course, there are always cards that are color specific that you know search your library for one elf or one goblin or one angel or one whatever oh yeah there i mean are you can like search your, you, you can search your deck for uh you know target demon or whatever the case may be uh, or up to two lands stuff like that yeah but but t- this is what for a, any card yeah the card you need go find the card you need I've and actually, they're cheap i've actually been in a game where a guy was playing a two color deck and he could not get one mana of one color to save his soul. He used that demonic tutor to go get that one land. Yeah, I've done it before. It's, it happens. I mean, I have tutored. Um, like I can't tell you the number of times like I'll be playing red-black and tutor for a fireball. Fireball wins me the game. Yeah. Like, it's, it's such a game changer. It yep. saves your life on so many occasions. Yep, absolutely. It's, it's a fantastic card. I can't speak highly enough about it. Uh, great, great choice. Thank you, sir. Uh, James, your number two, my man. Uh, my number two is going to be the Curd Ape. Oh, Curd Ape. Good now, card. the Curd Ape is one red, and it is a 1-1 one, one creature. Seems innocent enough, does it not? Now, here's the thing. The Curd Ape has one ability, just one. When you put, when if there is a forest in play, Curd Ape has plus one, plus two. Yes. So, second turn, he's now a 2-3. Now, here's the thing. If you're playing red and green already... There's a card you should have. It should be a staple in any green deck, with the exception of certain new cards, which I will grant you. But it's a one green enchantment called Giant Growth. It is. It gives target creature plus three, plus three. Until end of turn. uh, Yep, for... Uh, just that one turn. Now, there are enchantments that would give plus two, plus two. Mm-hmm. There's so, also a uh, red instant now called Infuriate, which mm-hmm. gives them plus three, plus two. Mm-hmm. So that two, three on turn two could become an eight, seven? Yeah, eight, yep. seven. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And do you think your opponent has anything to stop an eight, seven on turn two? Probably not. No, probably not. There's a really good chance, unless they're doing some really funky combinations. No, you're not. Yeah, you're not there was even a card from uh, Urza's Legacy, uh, Rancor, that gave plus two, plus zero, and trample for a green. Yeah. So think about that. A 4-3 trample on turn two. Yep. You think he's got anything out with four health? Probably not. Probably not. not. And that's the point when he just grabs the table and flips it. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) much. Fuck this game, man. (laughs) So now, Jerry, your number three choice. My number three choice, I am going to go down. I This is the hill upon which I shall die. This is the best card ever printed in Magic, 
I'm putting my hand on the imaginary magic Bible as I say this, okay? Lightning bolt. You can't find anything wrong with lightning bolt. Even if you've lost a game to a lightning bolt, you know, you know what? That's still a good card. It's fantastic. Uh, first of all, it's a single red, so it can go in any red deck you want it to. Uh, number two, uh, it's instant speed, which means you can play it in response to anything. Uh, somebody's tapping a creature to do an ability? No, not anymore. I just lightning bolt your creature. Oh, you're going to cast a spell that's going to let you win the game? No, sorry, I just hit you for the last three points of life you ever had. Um, and which brings us to point number three, which is versatile. It can hit any target on the board. Uh, with the exception of Planeswalkers now, because Planeswalkers are their own class of creature. They don't count as actual creatures. So cards that say target, any target. Uh, well, actually, because Lightning Bolt does this hit any target. It doesn't say creature or player anymore. So no, it could hit a Planeswalker. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's completely versatile. There's nothing you can't hit with a Lightning Bolt. And I can't tell you the number of times a Lightning Bolt has saved me from losing a game. Yep. And it's such a simple card, but it's flawless in its design. The price, the effect, the ability and the speed, it's perfect. It's a one, perfect card. One red, three damage, you can't beat it. Instant speed? No. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing they got to it now is Shock, and Shock does two damage for a single red. Like, yep. that's not even close. Yeah. It's not. Because, I mean, there are a lot of creatures with three health. You need that ability to remove them. Uh, if I were going to attempt to uh, turn in a resume for a job of a CEO of a company, yeah. uh, I would put down, I cost one red. Uh-huh. I do three damage, and I happen at instant speed. I think yes. I would get that CEO job. Uh-huh. And I'm versatile. Don't forget that. Yeah, and versatile. And versatility is very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, that's my number one. <laughs> you're hired, James. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're very welcome. So, James, what is your number one card, my friend? Okay, uh, this is a toss-up, actually. Uh, so, one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what my number one is, but there is an honorable mention that I just could not fit on this list that I'm going to mention as well. Uh, my number one choice is Fireball. Excellent card. Fireball. One red and X. Uh, Now, the thing about Fireball is, Fireball was not like Disintegrate or some of the other direct damage spells you see out there where it's hitting one target. Fireball was actually worded. And and it took you, you had to, when it first came out, you had to read it a few times to get what it was trying to say. Just because they, it was it was kind of hokey the way they explained it, but I mean they did a good job. It's just you had to read it a couple. Yeah, of times there's a to whole the paragraph point. on the original Fireball. Yeah. You can read it. Yeah. So here's what it is: uh, X and one red to start. Uh, you could do damage to one creature. Now, you could split a Fireball. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You would have to spend one colorless ma- or one other mana. Yes. For each additional target. Now, you would take the rest of the X that you spend, and you divide it by the number of targets. Correct. So, so for every extra one you spent, you got to add a target. Yeah. And then you had to divide the damage amongst those number of targets. Evenly. So, uh, I'm not going to lie. I have thrown a five-point fireball to five different creatures. Yeah, it happens. Especially uh, if they're playing one-ones, you can wipe a whole board for, like, eight mana. Maybe. Uh, just about. Yeah, it's super simple, and it's so evil in its design. Mm-hmm. My only complaint about Fireball would be the fact that it is a sorcery, and so you can't do it in response to anything. But even at that, it's still an amazing spell. Yeah. Now, my honorable mention is probably one of the most underrated cards. They have come out with different versions since. Some have been as good, maybe a little better, maybe not. The original, though, Sarah Angel. Oh, good card. Three and two white. Yep. A 4-4 flyer that does not tap tap to to attack. attack. 
So like it, back in the day when that card first came out, not tapping to attack was unheard of. Yeah. Like a dozen creatures have vigilance today, yeah. but not tapping to attack was unheard of. And yeah. flying on top of that, yeah. like it was the perfect critter. Yeah. Uh, but Sarah Angel, any deck that's going to involve white, yeah, we're not going to speak about the STA deck. We're not going to talk about that one. No. But any deck you're going to play white, even a meek deck, even mm-hmm. a meek white and green or white and red or whatever you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, white deck, you, weenie or anything like you're that. You're going to want to put a couple of Sarah Angels in there. Yeah. Which they even restricted Sarah Angel at one point. For a while there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 4-4 four, four flying does not tap to attack. You you cannot argue the usefulness of that card. Yeah. And I think a staple in any white deck. And the bad part about it is, is that they just, they they decided off of that one to try to uh create um two like two of whatever color and three of the other creatures for the other uh metas, uh which is where we got um, from the other colors, which is where we got the elementals from. Uh like the water elemental, air earth and all those cards. Um, and then the best one out of that one was the water elemental from uh, from blue, and but even then it's still not as good as a Sarah Angel. No, it's not as good. Mm-mm. Now uh, I give also give honorable mention to Singular Vampire, which was kind of the black counterpart of that. You know, if anything it died, killed you, know, get a plus one plus one counter, which came yeah. in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that that's still not as good as a Sarah Angel. Yeah, it's not. Oh, I do want to debate one more card with you though. Okay, go ahead. Dual lands. Ugh. I couldn't afford them, so I hated them. But, I mean, were they worth it? Probably, yeah. If you had your hands on them, um, and back in the day, they were relatively inexpensive when they first came out, like 15 20 bucks. Uh, whereas now, today, some of them go for over $2,000. Um, they were great, um, you know, especially if you played a two-color deck and you could get your hands on one of them. They were fantastic. Yeah. Um, but now... Uh, in the current situation where they have all the different lands that are that tap for either or color, uh, but the only drawback is they come into play tapped. I mean, I don't really think they're worth that much money anymore. I don't. I mean, I understand that there was a reason they're worth that much money is they don't get printed anymore, right? Um, but I, I just don't. I don't see the value in them anymore that I once did. Well, now here's one thing about them is going back to the Curdate, the uh, red green card. The red-green dual land, the first one, Yeah, all of the dual lands had one thing in common. They say they counted as, if it was a white and black, it counted as a swamp and a plains. Yep, or a forest green, and an island. Forest or an island. Yeah. So if you had the red-green land, Tega, I think is what that was called. I think so. Uh, if you had a Tega and you put, played that first turn and played the Curdate, guess what you just cast on first turn? You got 2-3. You had a 2-3 first But now at the same time, um, they have lands now that are called... Uh, triomes or triomes from Ikoria, and they are lands that count. They're three color lands, and they count as a type of each land that they are. Uh, so, like the red, uh, I think the red, green, black one, or something like that. They got one, and so that one would count as a forest swamp um, mountain. Mountain, yeah. yeah. And so it says that on the card, which is good. Yeah. Uh, so that would also help in that manner. Yeah. But, I mean, they had their place in the game. Um, I think they're ridiculously overpriced right now. Um, you know, it is what it is. Yep. Okay, now we're going to move to our shit list. Now, this is not necessarily bad cards. Yeah, they are. They could be bad cards, or they could be cards we absolutely hate. They're terrible cards. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, they're horrible cards. Okay, so uh, 
I'm going to go first. This go time. first. Go ahead. Okay. So my worst card. Now this is number one on my list, and I will tell and I will defend that position to my dying day. Force spike. Uh, it was a counter spell that came out of an expansion called the Dark. Uh-huh. It was one blue, and the only thing this thing did was it was a counter spell that forced you to pay one more to cast a spell. Uh huh. Now that doesn't sound like a nuisance. It doesn't. Let me explain to you. When you are playing a red direct damage deck, mm-hmm. and you are trying to, and you're going against multiple opponents, and you tap out and you spend all of your mana to divide up the damage enough to kill five of the players, which I have done on one occasion through various mana producing artifacts, creatures, what have you lands, I was able to produce enough to be able to divide up the damage and go, okay, I'm going to hit everybody with a 15-point fireball, I win. One person taps one blue, plays that spell, you just lost the game because guess what? Now you've became a target. Yeah. I mean, think about any turn where you you're getting ready to swing the game in your favor. Like, you just got that fifth mana to drop that Sarah Angel. You tap your two white and your three other, and you drop the card, and you're like, yes, this is going to save... No. One blue, and it's over. Yeah. Your whole turn shot. Uh, I understand that is a situational thing, but even as a situational card, that is a card that will piss you off. And the worst part about it was, it was common. Yeah. if you When you bought the Dark when it first came out, if you opened a booster pack, there was a higher than average possibility you were going to get one or two. And I mean, it's not the fact that it's a counterspell, because counterspell exists. There's about a thousand you, different we types. We get that. Yeah. It's just, if you could have paid one more, I'd have let you have it. Like, it's the assholery yeah. of the situation. It, it is It is the level of assholedom that that card possesses. Yes, it's very large. Yes. Has, that, that card has a very big asshole. Mm-hmm. We're going to put that out there. Yeah. Jerry, your turn. <sighs> okay, so this is a broad category, uh, but I hate all cards of this type with a fiery, burning passion of a thousand suns. <laughs> Uh, Don't sugarcoat it, Jerry. I'm not not sugarcoating the shit out of this. I'm I'm about to to rain hellfire on it. Uh, And those are board clears, uh, like Wrath of God, Armageddon, um, newer sets like Finale to Glory or Damnation or anything like that. Um, I can't stand them. And the reason I can't stand them is uh, for the the one card I can't stand, Armageddon, I'll explain to you later on. Um, But like Wrath of God, um, you know... There At the time that Wrath of God came out, there was no other card in the set that did a board clear of creatures. It was white. That was it. Um, so if you were playing against somebody who had white and your deck was creature heavy, it was game over. Yeah. That was it. Um, I know later on they came out with Damnation, which does the same thing in black. Um, green had Hurricane, which cl- just killed creatures with flying. Um, red had Earthquake, which killed ground creatures, but also damaged both players. Yep. Uh, but none of them had a card that just said, clear all the creatures off the board. Just hit the reset button. Because what happened is, is that the player who played that uh, would then have a chance to, to be the first one to put a creature back out on the board. And if you had an empty hand, or you were playing from the top deck, or you did not have an answer in hand, that was it. It was game over. Yeah. It was absolute distract, destructive nonsense. And I'm behind that because normally, if you were going to play Wrath of God and another card Jerry's going to talk about here in a second, Armageddon, normally what the person casting Wrath of God Armageddon would do is they would tap five mana and they would cast a Sarah Angel. 
Because that was usually the combination that pissed everybody off. Yeah. Because not only do you now have a 4-4 flyer, but it don't tap to attack. So now... You're the big you're the big boss on the board. Yes, after you've just done that. Absolutely, and like I said, if the person playing after you doesn't have an answer, that's it. It's pretty much game over at that point. Now Armageddon, the one we just mentioned, is the one that goes with that. Now, what some people would do now this you couldn't do this early in the game. No, no, because it would be too damn expensive to do. But you would have a situation where, as long as you had enough mana, now you'd need artifact mana artifacts like Basalt Monolith and Soul Ring, probably. Yeah, probably to keep up with the mana curve. So, what you'd have to do is you would have to play Wrath of God, and then you would play Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Armageddon gets rid of all non-creature permanents. Lands, enchantments, artifacts, all of it. Yeah. So, what you would do is you would just tap all your land to free up all the mana before it was destroyed, resolve all your spells, play the Sarah Angel, and then you come out on top. Yeah. On a fresh, clean board. Mm-hmm. And your opponent has no mana to cast anything next turn, so what do you expect to happen? Uh, Four damage, four damage, four damage, four damage, until you get enough mana to be able to cast something, and nine times out of ten, it's not going to be enough. Yeah. I mean, even back then, there were still some... uh, There was the the Mesa Falcon, which is a white and one, one, one with vigilance. It didn't tap to attack either. Yeah. I mean, even getting that out on the board was enough to sometimes put the game out in your favor. Yeah. So, yeah. I hate board clears. Fuck them. I said it. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. I will tell you specifically why I hate Armageddon with a later card, but that gave you a little bit of overhead for it. All right. James, you're number two, my friend. Uh, my number two card that pissed me off was Power Sync. Another counterspell. Oh, I hate Power Sync. Now, here's the thing about Power Sync. If you, you could cast a Kurt Ape. Okay, just a Kurt Ape. One mana Kurt Ape. That's all mm-hmm. you're casting. Now, if you've got 10 mana on the board and your opponent has 11 mana, you spend one to cast your Kurt 8. All of a sudden, blue, tap all my mana. Tap all your mana. That's how Power Sync worked. Yeah. Because it's not like you could choose. No, you didn't have the choice choice to choose to spend that much mana to cast the spell. It said opponent must pay as much mana as possible if they cannot pay the full amount. Yeah. So if you couldn't pay match what they cast, you, your spell was countered. But you had to pay it anyway. And not, not only that, but you were tapped out. Yeah. And it's on your turn. Because remember, Power Sync is an instant. Yeah, it's a counter spell. Yeah, so they played it on your turn. Actually, so unless no, you, it's an interrupt. Yeah, so unless difference. you have uh, you know, any other instant speed spells you can cast in your hand, like a lightning bolt or blue disintegrate, elemental, blue, blue elemental blast, blast, anything like that. Uh, well, Red Elemental Blast. Red Elemental Sorry. Blast yeah. was the one that targeted Counter Blue. Yeah. So if you if you had that, go ahead and cast it. If you didn't, you were just done that turn. Yeah. You were just done that turn. And then uh, later on, they released an even more asshole card, uh, which was uh, Mana Drain, which was a two blue counter spell that took the, the mana you spent for your spell and just gave it to your opponent on the next turn. Yep. Which is just, that's, that's even a more asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <sighs> All right, Jerry, yes. number three. Number, number two. two. Number so two. my number two card uh, is from a newer set. Uh, it's from Zendikar Rising. Um, I hate this card because it is just, it's an asshole card. And I say that having built an entire deck around it on Magic the Gathering Arena. I still hate this card. And this card is called Ruin Crab. Uh, now, Ruin Crab is a zero three 3 blue critter for one blue. Okay, one blue. That's all he costs. He's zero three. He ain't gonna hurt you. 
Not by damaging you. Oh, no. He hurts you much worse than that. Uh, he has the landfall ability. Whenever you play a land on your turn, your target, your, your opponent mills three cards. Just takes three cards off the top of their library, puts them in their graveyard. Okay? Now, uh, there are a multitude of lands in this game that you can drop and then tap and sack and go find another land. So think about that. You play one, you play another. That's six cards. If you have two Ruin Crabs on the field, that's 12 cards. Three makes it 24, and then so on and so forth. It gets out of hand exponentially. Um, there are cards in the game that let you copy critters, so you could have actually more than four on the battlefield at one time if you wanted to. Uh, not to mention the fact that you could probably find a way to give them hexproof or they couldn't be the target of spells or abilities and just watch your opponent's deck just get shriveled away every time you play a land. And folks, I got to tell you, playing from personal experience, there's only one deck that is more annoying than a millstone deck. Uh-huh. Only one. Yeah, I'll talk about it later. We're, we're getting there. We're, <laughs> don't get ahead of us, folks. No. But a millstone but see, deck millstone is, used to be the most <sighs> asshole card you could come across back in the day. Two-cost artifact, you tap two, you tap the thing, and they had to put the top two cards of the library into the graveyard. And I can't tell you the heartbreak and the pain that comes from watching like the cards you were waiting on to win the game just get rained off the top of your deck into your graveyard. And, and there was no way to go back and get it. There was not a lot of cards for graveyard fetching back in the day. Now, Millstone was not restricted because it did tap it to do it until they came out with a couple of expansions later where all of a sudden there became a combo where you could effectively flip-flop the two cards and keep untapping and tap and tap and tap and tap and tap and tap and tap. Oh, yeah. Uh, manifold key. You yeah. can untap target artifact you uh-huh. could tap the what was it the soul ring to fuel it tap the basalt monolith for two that would untap the manifold key and you could do that back and forth and then it would never ending yeah yeah and you could just ruin someone's deck and ruin and their, their day, day. Yeah, more importantly <laughs> ruin their whole goddamn life you know how, to, how seriously they took but the game yeah, millstone is one of those millstone to me is a lot like drowning to death there's nothing you can do yeah you you, you can't fight it you can't stop it it's just happening, and there's no painkiller for it. No, you're just slowly withering away, and there's it's, nothing you can do to stop it. It's not like a fireball. Fireball is like, ow, that burns, but I'm dead now. Yeah. Drowning, I mean, yeah, there's pain, but you get over it quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, ruin crab. Go fuck yourself. I said it. All right. <laughs> All right. Time for number three, then. Number three, sir. <clears throat> My number three is Jerry's number three. Oh, God. Stasis. We're going to spend a minute on this. this we're going to spend. We're going to spend a minute on this. Again, for those of you who are new to Magic, yeah. For those of you who are who have been playing Magic, but only in recent years, this is how Stasis works. Stasis says you do not get an untap phase. That's Correct. all. That's it. That's, that's all. The only Players ability do not has. get an untap phase. Yes. It's a blue and one. Yes. It can come out on turn two. Yeah. It usually didn't uh, because you have to pay a blue during your upkeep or you sacrifice it. Yep. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I tell you that if you were ever playing against somebody whose deck had blue and white in it, you just automatically were like, no, fuck this game. Just no, I'm done. Because you knew what was going to happen. And uh, see, this is why I hate Armageddon. Okay? Because of stasis. Okay? What they would do 
is they'd have stasis on the board. Now, sometimes you had that real asshole guy who also played Kismet, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, or Winter Orb. Yeah, or Winter Orb, Icy Manipulator. There's a, there's a dozen ways you do it. But basically what they would do is they would tap all of their mana to cast whatever spells they were going to ca- cast that turn. Okay? Then they would Armageddon. And once their lands were destroyed, they would always have a Zurin Orb on the battlefield, uh, which was a zero-cast artifact. didn't cost you anything to put it out. And every time you sacked a land to it, you gained two life. So instead of destroying all their lands, they would just sack them, rack up a bunch of life. There's nothing you can do on your turn. On their turn, stasis goes away. Now they've still got their artifacts. They drop another blue, tap, put on the stasis out, and then the whole cycle starts over again. And there's nothing you can do about it. Or you would get the asshole who would play with a combination with Icy Manipulator, Winter Orb, Kismet, but they would also have this nice little card called Boomerang in their deck. Yeah. Now, how that combination would work is they would use the Kismet, the Winter Orb, and the uh, Stasis. Yeah, Kismet basically says everything that you play comes into play tapped. And since Stasis doesn't give you an untap phase, you never get to play anything. Uh, yeah, and but yeah, Kismet makes it come into play tapped. But here's the thing: Kismet made lands and creatures come into play tapped. Mm-hmm. Winter Orb made your artifacts come into play tapped. And anything that didn't come into play tapped, Icy Manipulator could just tap it. Yep. Well, then you would play Boomerang, and when when would you play Boomerang, Jerry? You would play it at the, the end, end of their turn. The end of their turn. Send Stasis back to your hand, and so you could what? untap you everything. Did. You just untapped. Yeah. Upstairs, in my my uh, room of nerdiness, I have a deck. I built a stasis deck. I did it just to see if I could off of current cards. I built it. I made it happen. I've played it exactly one time because afterwards my hands felt so dirty, I could never wash the grime off of them. Okay? I'll, I'll, I, you know what? If I could, I'd get my friend Daryl on the phone right now. And I'd have him ask you how much fun it was to play against a deck. He'd never played it against it before. And I'll tell you how much fun it was. Zero. That's how much fun it was. That's how shitty that deck is. Okay? Uh, yeah, it is it's uh, it is even worse than the Millstone deck. It really is. Now, there are dozens of variations uh, of that deck. But Stasis, in and of itself, is the shittiest card in Magic the Gathering. I'll put my hand on it right there. Boom. It's, it's sad. It's terrible. Now, don't get me wrong. It is genius in design because yes. it requires you to pay a blue to keep it. Eventually, unless you have a lot of mana on the board, there's going to reach a turn where you can't do that. It's going to sacrifice it. And it sacrifices during your upkeep, which is after your untap phase. So even if it dies on your turn, you don't get an untap phase. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, there were also, uh, you could play Despotic Scepter in that deck and tap it to destroy Stasis at the end of your opponent's turn, as long as you had another one in hand to cast. There's also a way to do that. The version that I've got plays it that way. Um, but it's still just a shitty, shitty card. It's so bad, and it's so mean. Do you want to know how shitty, how much people hate stasis decks? If somebody would see you first turn play a blue, they mm-hmm. wouldn't think much of that. Now, if second turn they saw you play a white, mm-hmm. I've seen this happen. There are enough one cost or two cost uh, creatures and abilities that will fuck you up. Yeah. Uh, Zephyr Falcon, uh, the Mesa Falcon, lots of, uh, especially if you saw him play a creature that didn't tap to attack, like, oh, hell, here we go. 
Like I've seen, I've seen a, I've heard. I didn't see this game. I heard about this game. All of a sudden, here came white. Here came blue. As soon as white and blue were played, this is how this happened. Everybody went around. One person played a Mesa Falcon, one and one white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next turn. Fortunately, I guess the guy didn't have his stasis, or maybe he wasn't playing a stasis deck. I don't know. But he, you know, next turn. All of a sudden, out came a winter orb. <laughs> when that winter orb came out, you know, the only person that had a creature out at that point was the one guy who cast the Mesa Falcon. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of looked around at what everybody's playing. There was a lot of red, a lot of green, a lot of blue, a lot of white, a lot of black. All of a sudden, he says, hmm. He's just looking around at everybody. Everybody's kind of looking at him like, what are you going to do? All of a sudden, he attacks with the Mesa Falcon. Now, Jerry's going to understand these words. Some of you will understand these words. Some of you won't. All of a sudden, it was bloodlust, bloodlust, giant growth, berserk, berserk, (laughs) bloodlust, berserk. By the time they got done, this Mesa Falcon was a 105-3 creature. (laughs) Like, they quit giving a shit. Yeah. They were just like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. Just, it's time for you to die, son. Yeah. As you don't as get as to play magic today. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing that winner or get that weak shit out of here. <laughs> now, yeah. I need you to understand, like, magic is a game where it's everyone against everybody. Okay. Especially if you're playing a game with five or six players. And for everyone to expend their valuable resources to take out one player, that tells you how shitty of a deck Stasis is. The only thing, the only game I see, I saw this one. This one was a uh, COP Black um, Pestilence deck. Oh, you asshole. <laughs> uh, it was um, one turn. It was the um, first, third turn. It was the, no, it was second turn because they had a soul ring. First, uh, second turn, it was the uh, COP Black. Uh-huh. Which, of course, you know, when you see a COP, that's not a that's not a card a lot of people play with on a regular basis, mm-hmm. the COPs. But you, all of a sudden you see COP black. People are going, huh? That draws attention because nine times out of ten, there's one reason that card is there. And, of course, next turn, what did the guy play? Pestilence. Pestilence. As soon as Pestilence came out, my brother was playing this game. My brother only had one creature out on the board. He had a Bird's Paradise. He attacked with the Birds of Paradise. It was a similar situation. Bloodlust, bloodlust, giant growth, giant growth, berserk, bloodlust, bloodlust, berserk. That was a rather large fucking Birds of Paradise. And the Birds of Paradise is a zero one. Yeah, that's a fucking pterodactyl of paradise right there. <laughs> a pteranodon of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> they turned that Birds of Paradise into Ghidra. That's yeah. an old reference some of you will not get. But those of you that get it, yeah. Those of you do, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why Stasis sucks. Yeah. In case you hadn't figured it out by now. <laughs> and the alternate title of this episode is Stasis Sucks. Yeah, we'll put that in quotation mark, well, no, uh, parentheses, right after the regular title. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But now, folks, we've talked about the old cards. Let's talk about the new, Jerry. Yes. So there are a, uh, a couple of cards in Modern Horizons 2 that we wanted to uh, bring some uh, notice to. Uh, the first one that I thought was really neat uh, is there is a new, uh, I guess you could say, that there have always been a lot of folk who have been into uh, uh, merfolk, uh, that kind of thing. 
And so the first card I wanted to talk about was a new Merfolk, uh, which is Savellan of Sea and Sky. It's two blue and one, a legendary creature Merfolk god. And Savellan of Sea and Sky has indestructible, as long as you control at least two other Merfolk. Now, Merfolk are in, in a deck are very cheap. I think the most expensive Merfolk card I can think of is Lord of Atlantis, and he's two blue and one. So having other two two other Merfolk on the board, easy to do. Super easy to do. Uh, whenever this card attacks, you draw a card. Now, I don't need to tell you, anybody who's ever played Magic before, how dangerous being able to draw cards in blue is. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Counterspells, counterspells. Yeah. Lots and lots of counterspells. And so other merfolk you control have Ward of One, which means if they want to target them with the spell, they have to pay an additional one colorless. So you know what that means. If somebody's playing a fireball and they want to do a board wipe, they've got to pay an additional one colorless for every target beyond the first. Yep. And so instead of paying one to change the target, now you're paying two, which cuts down the amount of damage you can do with a single fireball. So... Uh, I know there's been a lot of folk before who have played Merfolks. This is going to make a great Merfolk commander for Merfolk Tribal. Like, it's it's going to be a fantastic card. So I'm looking forward to maybe opening it one day. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a two-card combination I want to talk about, and this comes from White. Now, it's expensive. It's expensive. So this is not going to be you're, – you're playing the long game here for this combination. Which, I mean, if depending on what form – uh, excuse me, what format you're playing, it might not be that long of a game. Yeah. So so here we go. Uh, first one is Glorious Enforcer, five and two white. Now, Glorious Enforcer is an angel. Now, she flying, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, attacking does cause her to tap because they swap that for a different ability. Actually, two different ones. Lifelink. Lifelink is very useful. Yes. Uh, lifelink basically means when a creature attacks, it deals its damage. And now it just deals its damage. It can be to a creature. It can be to a player. doesn't matter. As long as it mm-hmm. deals the damage. You gain the life. You gain the life. Now, here's the thing. The Glorious Enforcer, at the beginning of each combat, if you have more life than an opponent, Glorious Enforcer gains double strike. Oof. And she's a 5-6. Five, Which five, means five. that's... 10 damage instead of 5 damage, and you're gaining 10 10 life life instead of 5 life. Now, here's the one that combines with it. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Nikos Paragon. Oh, Nikos Paragon. Paragon. I have that card. I pulled it out of a pack on the opening weekend. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Now, here's the thing. Uh, He is a 4-6. He is a human soldier. He is a rare. Now, Mm -hmm. the angel I just mentioned is an uncommon. Now, here's Nikos' one ability. He only, he only has one. Just one. Yeah, he only needs just one. <laughs> whenever you gain life, you may put that many plus one plus counters on each. Let me repeat that word. Each creature you control. Do this only once per turn. Well, God forbid you do it twice. Yeah. But you combine that angel with They just him. gave you ten life. So, so you put now, ten counters. So now she just went from doing... 15 damage to 30 damage. Two turns after this card's out, you've probably won the game. Oh, yeah. Especially if your opponent has no answers. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's that's ridiculously nasty. But my second one, uh, my second favorite card, possibly my favorite card from this whole set, um, <clears throat> uh, is what is going to stop James's combo from breaking the game on you. And that is a little card called Out of Time. Now, this is two white and one, okay? 
Mm-hmm. When out of time enters the battlefield, untap all creatures and then phase them out until out of time leaves the battlefield. Now, phasing is an old thing from back in the day. Basically, they just leave the game. Uh, they don't actually like die or get exiled, so they don't trigger any effects when they leave the board. They just they phase out of existence, and then eventually they phase back in. Now, uh, you they phase out until out of time leaves the battlefield. You put a time counter on out of time for each creature phased out this way, and the spell has vanishing. So every t- turn during your upkeep, you remove a time counter. Okay, so now you're sitting at a table with six people. You know, playing a game, or if you're just going to go tournament style with this, you're sitting at a table with four people. You're in the middle of a game. There's like 20 creatures on the board. You're losing badly. You play this card. You've just completely wiped the board for three mana for 30 turns. Those creatures aren't coming back for 30 turns. So uh, you didn't kill them. So they didn't get any of their great abilities to trigger when they go off the battlefield. They didn't go into the graveyard, so they can't be brought back. It's just. Yeah. Now, I know that less than half an hour ago, I told you that I hate board wipes. And I do. But this is technically not a board wipe because it's not killing the creatures. It's just putting them to the side. See, (laughs) you could play this and get a five-turn advantage. You could play this and get a 20-turn advantage. You could play this and get a two-turn advantage. Uh, You know, and it's also affecting you. You know, you get your creatures get phased out too if you do have any. So, it's a situational card. There are times when it could be used to, um, you know, to maybe swing things in your favor. And so that's why I think it's probably uh, quite probably, quite probably, the best card in the whole set. Yes, that's what I say. What about you, James? Uh, I gotta tell you that. I gotta tell you, I don't hate that card completely. I don't. I mean, I hate it, but it, it's it's good. It's, it's a good not, card. It's not. It's not stasis. No, nothing is stasis except for fucking stasis. <laughs> Fuck stasis. It's it's a bit of an asshole card, but it's not as assholey as stasis or millstone. Fair enough. Because uh, again, it's situational. It can it may only buy you two or three turns. Mm-hmm. It but may that only, two or three turns might be all you need. Yeah. So but who knows? It's only going to buy you a couple of turns. Now, speaking of millstone. Here's one that I thought was really uh, kind of shitty, but it was worth mentioning mentioning because it's pretty badass. Uh, Fractured Sanity. Oh, God, I hate that card. <laughs> Fractured Sanity, three blue. So you're not going to be able to do this probably till second, third turn. Yeah, unless you pop a mana rock on first turn, there's not really a good chance you can do that. Right. Well, I don't know if you, if you laid one down, you tap two. If you tap that one, get a soul ring. Tap that soul ring and play like a sky diamond. That would get you two blue on turn two. Then you play your land. You could do it on turn two. It is possible. Okay, so second to third turn. But uh, Fractured Sanity, each opponent mills 14 cards. 14. Now, for those of you keeping track math at home, okay, this is in Modern Horizons, which means it is in a 60-card format. That is one quarter of your deck. Gone. Gone, done. Now here's the here's here's what makes this card really interesting to me. It has cycling of one in one blue. Yep. Now here's the thing: if you cycle fractured sanity, each opponent mills four cards. Yes. So even if you cycle it to draw a card, they still mill cards. Yeah. Now there is a card um, that is just slightly worse than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maddening cacophony is a blue and one. 
uh, it's a sorcery. When you play it, the each opponent mills eight cards. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, if you pay the kicker for it, which is three blue and I mean one blue and three colorless. So if you pay four colorless and two blue, they mill half their deck, just straight up half their deck. But three blue and one quarter of your deck. That's like a turn three done easily. If I'm paying six mana, I'm not doing that until turn four or five, and that's assuming I have a soul ring. So, um, you know, there's 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 so much assholery surrounding that card. It's so mean, and I I, I love playing a mill deck because it's fun to do. It's an interesting mechanic. Um, I hate playing against mill decks; they're terrible. Uh, so I guess it's one of those things—a love hate relationship, you know. But it works out pretty good. But I'm actually for uh, for my my third card to highlight and my third and final card um, is going to be I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the uh, the the whole squirrel fetish that they have with the Modern Horizons too is there's a card called Chatterstorm uh, Chatterstorm makes a one one green squirrel token um, it also has the storm effect which means that for every other spell you cast this turn uh, you create an additional copy of that spell. So, uh, you know, in a deck where you're running a bunch of low-cost spells, especially if you're playing red and green, there's a new card. Well, it's not new, but they reprinted it in this set. It's a Goblin and Archimancer. Uh, red and green spells you cast cost one less colorless to cast. So you could cast a bunch of stuff for just a single red, single green, stack a bunch of spells, and then have an army of squirrel tokens just appear on your side of the board. And then maybe you bring your buddy out, Chatterfang the Squirrel General, and have them overrun them along with your Yavamaya Cradle of Growth and give them all Forest Walk, and then you watch your opponent get devoured by an army of squirrels. Could that be a fun day? I think it could be a fun day. Not for the opponent. No, not for them. Uh, you know, but I, I like cards with the storm effect. Uh, there's a there's a deck going around right now. It's in uh, Modern where it uses Mizzix Mastery and Dragon Storm to summon a bunch of dragons from your deck, and then when they hit the table, they just start raining pain upon your opponent. That's a very, very expensive combo to pull off, and you're not doing it first thing in the game. And it requires a lot of stuff to happen before you can do it correctly. All you really need to turn the tide in your favor with Chatterstorm is like four low-cost spells. And then, boom, you've got four or five tokens on the board, you know, which you can use to pummel your opponent to death or block creatures, whatever the case may be. Because it doesn't matter if it's an 8-8 or a 9-9. Unless it's got trample, it's just trading with a 1-1. That's all there is to it. So it's a great card. Well, now I'm going to discuss my last card from the expansion. Go ahead, sir. This one, the name of the card, the ability of the card, the extra ability of the card, Game Changer. Damn. 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 I actually pulled that card at the pre-release event I went to. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible card. It's, it's, it is, it but is. But I have to respect it for its versatility. Yes. I do. Okay. First of all, it's two black. First of all, it's two black. Destroy target creature. A creature destroyed this way can't be regenerated. That's that's useful. Yeah. It's uh, similar to terror, yeah. except it can target black and artifact creatures. Yes. Yes. Uh, and instead of one colorless and one black, it's two black, two black. specifically. Yeah. So now, uh, it's it's a situational card. Mm-hmm. Take out a creature if you need to. Yep. Now, that that is useful in and of itself. But if that weren't enough, ladies and gentlemen... Here's the piece de resistance. More the asshole de resistance, however you want to put it. Go ahead. Overload, two and two white. So you have to be playing white-black with this. Yes. Have to be. And this is going to be later on when you have mana. Yeah. Uh, You may cast this spell for its overload cost. If you do, change the text by replacing all, all, A-L-L, 
all instances of target with each. So your lightning bolt that says uh, deal three damage to target creature now says deal three damage to all creatures. Yes, except it doesn't have that ability, but damn does. Yeah. That's why it's a damn good card. Yes. Uh, Think about it also, uh, giant growth. Target creature gets plus three, plus three. Now all creatures get plus three, plus three until end of turn. So think about it on that scale. So now instead of damn just destroying one creature, it now has destroyed all creatures. It's a wrath of God. Uh, you know, but the good part about it is, like we were saying, it's versatile. You've got the two black option. If you get it early, uh, you can hang on to it. If you see your opponent's got a you know a creature heavy deck and you're going to need that clear later on, you know, um, especially if you're playing a deck that's got ways for you to get stuff back from your graveyard, it's a possibility. I'd definitely consider running it in a white black deck if I had the opportunity. Now, Jerry. Yes. Have I mis have I misinterpreted this card? What do you is mean? this like it replaces all instances of target with each for like the rest of the game or no, just no, no, that, no. Just that card? Yeah. Okay, just the card. Okay. Yeah. Then that's not as nasty as I thought it was, well, but no, it's still I mean, kind of it, nasty. It's still a wrath of God with the versatility of being a terror if you need it to be. So I mean if you're running white black in a deck, there's no reason not to play that card. It's it's an automatic fill. Okay. I I Okay, I'm sorry, folks. That card is not nearly as horrifying as I thought no, it was. No, if it did what you said it did, like that would be the most disgusting card in the history of the game. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because that means like, okay, I'll just fireball that critter for ten, but now it fireballs all critters for ten. Um, you know, which will suck for your board, but you know, there's ways around that you play creatures with protection from red, and you got to worry about it. Yep. Okay, but still a nasty card. Yes, yeah, still disgusting, with no doubt. And that, folks, is going to conclude our episode about Magic the Gathering, a.k.a. the crack of our childhood. A.k.a. Oh, excuse me. In parentheses, Stasis sucks. Stasis sucks. Goddamn right it does. <laughs> I hope you burn in hell, Stasis. You know what you did. But, folks, I hope you enjoyed our little talk. Yeah, I know I did. This and, has uh, definitely been a trip down memory lane. Now, we didn't dive into uh, game mechanics, but I do want to do one thing real quick. Okay, go ahead. One thing real quick. Your favorite ability, no, your most underrated ability out of all abilities in Magic the Gathering. What is your most Are you talking about, like, specific to flying, a card? Like flying, uh, protection from green. Oh, abilities. super easy. Flanking. Flanking was the most underrated ability ever. When it came out in, I want to say it was Homelands or Alliances when they came out with flanking. Mm-hmm. was fantastic. Because uh, it helped even the the battlefield for creatures. I don't know if you remember what flanking was, because I know this is a very long time ago. Uh, but if a creature had flanking, and you blocked it with a creature without flanking, that creature got negative one, negative one. So right. even if you banded a bunch of creatures together to kill a creature, it gave each one of them negative one, negative one, if they didn't have the flanking ability. Right. And I always felt like that got super underplayed. Like, you never saw it again. Um, after uh, those first two expansions that it came into. Mm-hmm. But, man, it was fantastic. I remember in college, I entered a Magic tournament. Like, I found out about it the day before. So I grabbed my box. I'm like, let me build a deck. So I was like, I need something quick. Green-white is an obvious choice. So I went green-white. Sarah Angels, uh, Giants Growth, you know, things like that. Um, I think I threw a hurricane or two in there, just in case I got overwhelmed. But, like, the be-all, end-all, was I put uh, four Jor-El Centaurs in there. They were two green and one. They were two, two. They didn't tap to attack, and they had flanking. And those cards literally won me the game 
Because anything they had on the ground, they'd band together to attack. They couldn't do enough damage to kill it, especially when you start playing giant growth, stuff like that. There was nothing they could do. Yeah. And I would just run them over. It was just disgusting. I won that tournament with a deck I put together the day before, all because of creatures that didn't tap to attack and because of flanking. So flanking is easily the most underrated ability in all of Magic the Gathering for me. Uh, You know, the funny thing is, in your example, you actually brought up my example. Uh, my, you actually picked, touched on mine. Banding. I think oh, one of man, the most, banding, yes. Banding is one of the... You didn't see a lot of people play with banding creatures. You saw a few people, but not yeah. many. Again, it's like flanking. Now, uh, see, the, the trick with banding was that uh, when you assigned two creatures to block another creature, uh, the person that was attacking got to decide how the damage was dealt. But if you had creatures with banding and they blocked, you got to decide how the damage was dealt. Right. So, which made it a lot easier on you because you could make sure that what the creature that you wanted to survive survived. Right. So, you could block something that didn't have trample, and you'd have a 1 1 banding creature, and a 5 6 banding creature, and a 3 4 banding creature. You would band them all together, and you would, as long as the creature didn't have trample, you would let that creature of power of 10 deal all of its damage to the creature of 1 with banding. Well, now you've got a 3 4 and a 5 4 still left on the board. They're 10 10 or their 9-9 or 10-10 or whatever, is gone. And all you lost was a 1-1. Yeah, see? It's it's that easy. Yeah. So that is that to me was one of the most underrated abilities uh, for a lot of people once upon a time. Now, again, there were people that played with decks that had a couple of banding creatures in it because there weren't many. There never were many creatures that had banding. There were one or two flying creatures that had banding, one or two ground creatures that had banding, but that was about it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry? Uh, no, there were quite a few creatures that had banding back in the day, but like flanking, it it was limited to a couple of sets. You didn't get a lot of yeah. it past that. Yeah, there was a couple of sets it was in, and then after that it was... Uh, but yeah, banding for me is one of the most underrated abilities. Yeah, and was a good flanking one. is a good one too. Yeah, flanking is hands down the one I think of more than anything. Right. I like to see flanking make a comeback. I doubt it will, but I'd like to see it. Yep. But folks, that is going to do it for our episode. Uh, we may do a deeper del- delve dive into magic one day, maybe. Maybe down the road, talk about game mechanics. Maybe we even shoot a live video of us playing Magic the Gathering one time. Yep. Who knows? Who knows? But. Uh, next week, we have a very special episode for you. We're not going to tell you about it just yet. Not just yet. You will wait and see. Yep. Uh, but, folks, this was good. I enjoyed this. This was fantastic. I had fun with this. Like I said, it was a nice little trip down memory lane. Yep. And it did trigger Jerry a little bit, but that's okay. Fucking We're going to be. Stasis. Goddamn card. <laughs> I'm going to go upstairs and burn you. How do you like that? <laughs> I'm coming for you. You're a dead man. Dead card. What I have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me dangerous to cards like you. <laughs> I do a terrible Liam Neeson impersonation. But I will find you. And I will burn you. I will track you down. I will find you. And I will kill you. Good luck. Now I know your voice. I will find you across six countries. Because that's possible. But we're not going to talk about that. That's a whole other ball game. God. Because uh, nobody sounds like what they sound like on the phone. Like, come on. You know, everybody's got their phone voice. Like, you know, that guy's real tough on the phone, but he's like, in person, he's like, hey, buddy, what's going on? Like, he, they never found that guy. Come on. Uh, but it's Liam Neeson. We, we let him slide because he's amazing. Yep. But, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird ending, but okay. Uh, but tune in for our episode next week. Absolutely. And- 
Ladies and gentlemen, as always, this has been Nerd to Knowledge. I'm James. I'm Jerry, and, and we, we are first, first pick for podcast and last picked in dodgeball. We'll catch you next week. See you then.